Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Trending Up. Here we are with your favorite host, Edgar and Sebastian. And uh, we're excited to come to this point here. I think this will probably be the last uh, episode on our grief series. And so we've had a great time um, unpacking grief. It's been great. It's been awesome. It kind of reminds us a little bit of like the Bible project, right? Taking an in-depth look. Not at the level of those guys, right? Especially um, the the doctor guy. Uh, I forget their names, but um, cool, cool peeps. Bible Project. Check them out if you haven't. But we've had a great time going through Genesis and um, just talking uh, through the lens of and, and looking at life through the lens of the, the people there and seeing grief, right, as the big narrative and the motif there as we've talked about it. So last episode, we talked about Jacob. Edgar, you want to kind of give us a little update for those that haven't heard it we encourage you to go back and listen to it but those that you know kind of want to continue here Mm -hmm. what's the where we at for sure so the last time that we that we were together we looked at the story of of jacob of of this man that didn't always uh do the right thing and 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 we recapped how that's the human experience right the human experience is is we know there's right and wrong but yet people make mistakes and and therefore yeah we're able to, you know, process how that happens, what happens, and and ultimately, the Bible is an inspired book, and it shows you, uh, it doesn't hide the truth that happens in human relationships, right? So, right, right. so like I said, um, we refer you to the last episode, but we 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 last ended up with with Jacob, eventually named Israel, that he has a giant family, so. If if you remember in the text, Jacob has multiple wives and then uh, mm-hmm. a version of concubines and has children because of that. So then we find that right. in the story of Jacob, he his family gets um, expanded. It grows, and therefore, when it grows, more people, more problems. It, it's it's <laughs> it's the joke on the more money, more. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. More people, more problems, and that is where Mm -hmm. we start uh, hearing about Jacob's sons. So the Bible uses family to communicate a message. So Adam and Eve was the first nuclear family. Then it goes through different families, and eventually the family of Israel, which is not the modern states today that we see uh, governing Jerusalem area, but rather Mm. it is a Mm -hmm. family unit that had family dynamics. And those dynamics aren't always healthy. You look at your family, yeah. my family, every everyone's family is not perfect. Mm-hmm. And with That's that true. in mind, the Bible then uses the story of Israel, the family of Israel, to know how God is working through this broken family to reach a broken world. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's been interesting, right? I, I was I've been reading through Joshua and Judges and um, you know, like you said, how much the territory has changed over time, right, to where we are today and you look at even when, uh, you know, Joshua, what's it called, is allotting the, distributing the land to the tribes, right, which are the sons of Jacob, right, that then become numerous people, fulfilling the promise to Abraham of, of a father of many nations and, and uh, a father of many. And um, even that land is, is, you know, it's not the same setup that we see today, right? We, a lot of the tribes were in the land of Jordan and, and uh, in Syria and Lebanon and, uh, Egypt and all that. So, so, you know, interesting to see, you know, when you compare the maps there, but great, great recap there. You know, we, we saw a lot of Jacob. I think what was kind of big to me is is from the last episode was 
like whatever you don't, you know, it's kind of like that idea. Yeah, going to your quote, right? Check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? Uh, more money, more problems. It's that idea. If you don't, if you don't process through what has been through, whether whether it's been done to you or whether you've done it, and whether you know, unless you find some healing through forgiveness, through therapy, through counseling, through communicating with the parties that were involved, then you'll kind of you're gonna keep repeating that, right? It's a cycle of of repetition that we find in the human experience. So. Here we come to, uh, I believe, chapter 37, right, Edgar? Yeah. Uh, Genesis 37. Yep. And this is when we've already been talking about Jacob. And like you said, the, 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 the competition for who will have more children. He's finally settled in the land of Canaan, right, which is this land later on that will be the promised land um, where his father had lived as a foreigner, talking about uh, Isaac. And so then we're told, of, you know, in verse 2 of chapter 37 of Genesis, Jacob and his family. And when Joseph, we're, we're immediately taken to Joseph, right? It's interesting, the, the narrative, you know, Moses making the case that the, the most important person here that we'll see in this story is Joseph um, because of what he ends up doing, his position. But what happens all to get there is, is a crazy turn of events. So in a nutshell... Joseph is beloved by Jacob because he is the son of Rachel, right? His favorite wife, the one he had worked seven years for. We talked about that complication before. And so much, so much love that he's gifted a coat of many colors. And we've probably seen videos or images or talked about it when we were young. And, you know, we're told in the text that in verse three, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him on his old age. One day he gave him a special gift, a beautiful robe. His brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. Um, Eggert, I mean, just to pausing there, right, the story there. Jealousy, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I know people, We there's a conversation that's had, you know, is jealousy good or bad ever, right? Um, I think here the, 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 the boys, the other uh, children had a right to be frustrated and upset, right? What do you think? So what we and and feel jealous, you know. Yeah. So what we encounter, and, and the way to answer this story is to see, or your question is to see the patterns of Jacob and his relationship with the other women, which is the mother of those children. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Jacob's plan was never was never to have multiple wives. He wanted Rachel. He wasn't able to get Rachel after seven years. He had right, her after right. fourteen years. And then the, com- the the complications of of fertility. Uh, we find that Rachel isn't able to have children. So then uh, his other wife is the one that has has children. Therefore, Jacob's chi- other children besides Joseph have a natural insecurity in knowing that mm. their father loves them unconditionally because he loves you know their their mother per se so like in 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 my from my understanding the mm-hmm. dynamic between children and their parents is first seen with the parents loving each other so if there's a breakdown mm-hmm. with the parents loving each other the children are going to feel it even if it's not even if it's not obvious um there's always these subtle hints that is communicated therefore uh, the other siblings of Joseph, they are not full, let's say, siblings. They're from Rachel. They do not like Joseph because we, we, we are told that Israel had this favoritism towards 
his son Joseph because of the background mm-hmm, of Rachel. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame them. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. Uh, if we were to over, if we were to like, um, if we were to analyze, analyze but, but, but yeah. be unfair, mm-hmm. we would say, you know, oh, we must always love people, blah, blah. Yeah. But then when right, you're right, in those right. dynamics, it can be a lot, mm-hmm. it can be a lot different and, and a lot yeah. harder. What, yeah, what do yeah. you think? How would you process it? Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting, right? Jacob kind of has that st- part of, you know, it's kind of that story of like what happens when you don't get what you want. Um, you know, kind of that Rachel situation, right? And so how are you going to comportarte, comportarte, how we say in Spanish, you know, how are you going to conduct yourself, right? When you don't get what you want, right? He works hard and is bamboozled at the end. Um, I think, like I said, like before, it's a tough situation, obviously, in that situation, in that era, in that time, talking about Taylor Swift eras, but in that era, <laughs> you know, it was, it, you had to step up to the plate, just like the, just like we have that in the book of Ruth, right, where the families, right, the, the kinship, the kin redeemers had to step up, and none of them did, so Boaz stepped up. Um, it was that time that you had to step up, and hey, this, unfortunately, this is the situation, but you got to take care of what's been given to you, right? Um, I, I find interesting, you know, going to the brothers, that the text says that his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. And it's interesting the impact yeah. that, that parents have and family have, right? Yes. That, you, that they hate Joseph, yes. their brother, yeah. because of their dad, right? Yeah. And obviously Joseph, you know, we've been told is probably acting like a brat. He would, he would go tell on them. He would go complain about them. He's being pompous about it. He has dreams later on. And obviously he's a young kid. And I don't think Jacob taught him how to interpret or really. Jacob never had to really divulge his dreams to anyone because he was on the run when he had his dream. Mm -hmm. So Joseph here in the midst of the situation has dreams that everything around him in his dreams is worshiping or pointing to him. And so he hasn't been coached on how to interpret that. Right. But I'll let you go. ahead. But I'm just thinking it's interesting. It's like how our relationships affect other relationships, right? So like, you know, you see it in church, we see it in churches all the time where you have generational hatred from one family to another because, oh, they hurt my dad or they hurt my parents. I don't want to come here anymore or whatever. But it's interesting, right? That language, they hated Joseph because of their dad, right? And it's an impact that our relationships really, you know, we think that the decisions we make are in a vacuum, isolated, but everything we make dictates or things that happen to us or that we do that happen to others you know have an impact on everyone else around us for sure you know what what stood out to me as you were sharing that uh we see another way to say is that israel had a favorite child and the children knew Mm -hmm. it right well i it it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be so far like to say this it wouldn't be far-fetched to say this that the fact that J- Joseph receives two dreams in verse 5 and in verse 9 says mm-hmm. that he received two dreams, and those dreams are from God. In the Middle Eastern culture, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the dreams that you have are messages from God. I, could it be that the siblings were like, we're not receiving dreams? What, does God favor Joseph as well? Right, so we find, right, right. We find that, that Joseph's way of uh, communicating of, of talking to his siblings, it's highlighted also with not just Israel's uh, favoritism with his son, but I don't think, it, well, well, it's not I don't think. Uh, according to uh, Galatians chapter 2, God doesn't show favoritism. So God doesn't make right, one right. person, one group, 
better than others simply by the fact that they exist. So God was using Joseph, but it was misunderstood as God is favoring Joseph by his brothers. So therefore, yeah. his brothers just get more and more jealous. Um, mm -hmm. And verse 11 says, and his brothers were jealous of him, but yeah. his father kept the saying in mind. So, yeah, so it's interesting. That's so fascinating. Yeah. So, you know. Jacob and Israel is being led by God. And mm -hmm. what I, I think that God works in behind the scenes and, and we don't always understand what he wants or what he's trying to do, but he's yeah. doing it for the benefit of people, not just for specific people groups. What I'm trying to communicate yeah. is that God is not showing yeah. favoritism just for the fact of mm -hmm. showing favoritism. That's good, bro. I, I like that idea that you said, like, it's like, the family dynamic is so messed up that, you know, they miss out on what they're there for, right? So I'm think, I was just thinking, you know, um, I wonder what Jacob was communicating about God and their, you know, kind of the, you know, what, where his, was he retelling the promise of Abraham and Isaac to them, right? Or was that kind of lost now in the dysfunction, right? Because, it's, it, and we see it in church, I think, right? When people lose sight of the mission or what we're supposed to be doing, and it's like that saying, when fishermen don't fish, they fight, right? So when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you end up, you know, messed up. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's not, to, you know, obviously it's, it's understanding the situations we're in, but sometimes when we don't process well and where we're not really, I think, bought into what God has called us to do, and that's not being reiterated over and over and over in our families and in our churches and our communities, we get caught up with these little periphery things that are very important, right? And they affect our lives. Um, but they, they're not part of the big focus that God had given them, which was, Hey, you're going to populate the world. And, and, and in a sense, you know, you already begin to see that the, the dying of that, it, it's to bless the whole world through you. Right. So it wasn't just for your family to be a blessing. It's to be able to be a light to the whole world, to all the Gentiles. Right. And that's why I think they're losing that already. And we begin to see how later Jesus comes in. And by that time, the Jews have lost that idea of what their mission was. And we see a lot of it has to do with undealt family dynamics it starts at home it's crazy crazy what i also see is that god was supposed to use abraham's family right the original blessing was to abraham and then mm -hmm. it was to mm -hmm. isaac jacob and so forth yeah the because of the dysfunction esau yeah already had this mm -hmm. bad taste of his brother so you know i get frustrated at times with with people because the ideal is this, but the reality is something else. And I, that's what God does with us, right? That's what God is doing with the family of Abraham. The ideal was to be yeah. a blessing, but now you have infighting, you have jealousy, mm -hmm. you have attempted mm -hmm. murder, you have lying, <laughs> and all these things that we, we, we can forget. We can forget that you know God works through broken people. So mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that's something that we must always keep in mind to also keep our self-righteousness in check mm -hmm. no that's good bro and you, you know you, you're jumping there to the next part right uh joseph tells his dreams they're like whoa we're gonna be following you and, and you're gonna be our leader and like you said right I, that's why going back to the point if 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 jacob was and i don't know i'm just assuming if jacob was continually communicating what they're about any revelation from god right would have been like we gotta take this seriously man you know in a healthy place hey I'm sorry, guys. Obviously, I love Rachel more, 
this is a situation when we're in, you're all my children, whatever, right? Sure. But they've lost that in that dysfunction, they've lost that. And um and so then we move on to the next part where uh Joseph uh th- where the brothers are out um you know, they're shepherds, right? They're living out in El Campo and um I have notes here. Uh, they are in pasturing their sheep at Shechem, and uh, the family was at Hebron. And so jo- Jacob is like, "Yo, Joseph, go check up on your brothers." Which to me is like, I don't think I don't think these men had a lot of self awareness. It feels like you know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's, they do some things where you're like, "Bro, come on, uh, you you've clearly shown favoritism. They clearly they they don't like you well. or him. Mm-hmm. D- don't send Jake Joseph out there to you know." It's about a 50 miles. Um, so it's about 65 miles that he travels away from home. Wow. From the calculation I thank you for show. that detail. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's, I think it was Hebron to Shechem is about 50 miles. Dothan to another north, more north, is 15 miles more north. So he goes out to look up for him right in the text and say, I'm looking for my brothers. Do you know where they go? Oh, they went that way. So he's traveling like about 65 miles wow. to go find it. You know, that's far from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and. What happens is the brothers there are at their wits end. They're like, you know, we got to take matters into our own hands. Let's kill him, you know. <laughs> but then Reuben's like, hey, he came to J- Joker's re- J- Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him. Why shed innocent blood or in any blood? Let's just throw him away. You know, get rid of the problem. Out of sight, out of mind, right? And so, but at the same time, Reuben's trying to secretly rescue him and return him to the father, right? He's trying to do that. Long story short, shows up, put him in a cistern. And then uh, what's interesting <coughs> is that there's a caravan that comes, and that caravan turns out to be distant cousins, right? Because the Ishmaelites that are on their way to Egypt to trade things, you know, gum, balm, aromatic, aromatic resin, and they sell Joseph to the Ishmaelites, right? So we go back, right, to Isaac and Ishmael. They have moved on. They're moving, they're living in different places, and now they've become traders of some sort. So they trade him, and then they fake as though he has been killed or mauled by an animal, take that back to the father, and the father loses it, right? Loses it completely. Um, and he says, I will go to my grave mourning for my son. And they would all try to comfort him, but he would refuse to be comforted. And so at this point, Joseph is now on his way to Egypt as a slave, right? He goes from being the top son in his house to now a slave on the run to Egypt. It's paralleling a little bit of Jacob's story of losing home, losing family, losing his position. And now he's on the run, right? Edgar, we're, we're, we're at here. What, what do you think so far? Yeah, what I see is more dysfunction. The Ishmaelites is part of the family and the family is... That's so good. You know, good. The, the, you're using more family yeah. to try to get rid of your family. Yeah, yeah, you're using crazy. more family and getting them stuck in this triangle of, uh, of co- conspiracy, of, of planning to get rid of their sibling. So what we find here is that when our emotions and rationale get bent in a certain direction, our actions then follow. And this is really interesting when we consider like our lives today. When you consider the person that you dislike the most, whether it is a coworker, a family member, um, someone in the political party or whatnot, those emotions eventually, if you let them continue, will lead to action. So what now what we find here is these brothers That's good. are annoyed. That's good. That's good. They're That's angry. Good. They're boiling. They are now just 
doing everything that was would be unethical and being be believing they're doing the right thing because they're caught up in their feelings, they're caught up in their in their pain and their anger, and is helping mm-hmm. them justify selling their 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 brother to uh people that would eventually land in Egypt and. We need to understand that the Israelites are nomadic people. By this time, they're small. They're not big. Egypt was a metropolitan area. It was a big city. So now you find Mm -hmm. this little fish from out in the desert. Now going to different language, going to this mega city where he is a servant, someone at the bottom, a slave. Someone at the bottom of the society ladder. And this is, you know, if it wasn't for killing killing him, <laughs> this is a, the yeah. next best thing, right? Really, right? Reuben right, right. is seen as a good person, but it, he didn't help out his brother by sending him to Egypt. Right, right, right. And he, and I mean, here in the text, you know, it's like he, he wasn't even there when it happens because he's trying to like free... You know, it's just taking note that Ruben's the firstborn, so I'm sure he felt some sort of like, hey, I don't like him, but I'm the firstborn. And that's, you know, I saw on my watch um, that this happens. But then he shows up later. He's like, where's the boy? He's like, oh, he's gone. We sold him. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the impending. But, yeah, man, it's, like you said, it's a, it's a small fish in a big pond. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, You know, jumping, though, you jump over to chapter 39 and – it's interesting to kind of it's 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 beautiful to see we've seen that through uh, the different stories where these characters that have been blessed and kind of chosen by God whatever they do they prospers right so Jacob whatever he does that's why Laban doesn't want him to leave whatever he does prospers we see this in the book of Daniel too where whatever Daniel and his the friends do they're blessed and no matter what comes their way they always uh come around so in job chapter 39 Joseph's taken to Egypt sold by the Israelites, by the, I'm sorry, Ishmaelites, to Potiphar, who was an Egyptian officer, right? So it's kind of like the book of Ruth, uh, of Esther, where you kind of ask, where is God in all this, right? I mean, Joseph's born into the situation. He's favored. It's not his fault that his dad loves his mom more. Um, but, you know, so he's kind of formed by that. And then he comes to this point. Now he's a slave. He goes to Egypt. Potiphar, now an, a top, an officer, right? He could have been sold, sold to a random outside person out of the city of Egypt, like someone in the campo. But he's sold to an officer who is actually the captain of the guard of Pharaoh already. So he's already showing some proximity, and you can see God leading him. And the verse tells us that the Lord was with Joseph. He succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. And Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. So it's a beautiful portion and a beautiful point, point where God is blessing Joseph in the midst of the situation that he's in, right? So um, it's a beautiful moment how God, you know, I think many of us have this moment where no matter our dysfunction in our family, we have this moment where we begin to see God's hand in our lives sometimes. And it's still not where we want to be or what we want to do. But, you know, if you kind of just keep, you know, working through it, processing, I don't know what that looked like for Joseph, right? I don't know if he had some counseling, obviously a lot of, you know, reciting some, some sort of tales or stories from his, his grandparents about what God had promised, right? Thinking about the promises that, and the covenant that God had given, right? Singing, whatever it is, but finding a way to process through what was happening. Um, you know, it's hard now at this point, right? How do you not harbor anger and malice towards your brothers that sold you, right? I mean, and continue that cycle. It seems like 
Joseph is is beginning and through the goodness of God and his blessing him in which situation that he's at is able to see life in a different way. Maybe how Esau was too, right? Esau is mad, mad, mad. But somehow something happens in that journey without even talking to Jacob where he's able to say, I don't really need the offend the other party that offended me. I can work with it myself so that when I find the person that offended me, I've already worked through it. I've forgiven them. I've healed and they might still be a mess, but I've I'm still, you know, I'm in a better place now, even without their even initiating that. Right. For sure. You know, uh, what comes to mind as you as you were speaking was uh, we find that Joseph, he, he was growing up in this big family and now he's lost that family. That family has not mm-hmm. just been lost. Uh, the brothers, uh, you know, uh, hurt him, attacked him in the process. So he's having all these grief, right? The series has been about grief. And mm-hmm. you would think that the family, you know, they say what a blood is thicker than water. The idea that mm-hmm. family is like right next to you. And, and, and for some families, it is like you see that today. You find some families that are doing really well, but then there's some families that are not. They're, they just aren't. And it's because of some dysfunction in, in their family dynamics. But what, what comes to mind is that God is always consistently good. Like he's always there with Joseph, despite uh, the family turning their back on him. And I'm specifically talking about the brothers. So what what comes to mind is that in our lives, as we grieve, like God never meant for pain to come. The the Mm -hmm. pain and suffering is a byproduct of sin and loss is a byproduct of selfishness in in a sinful world. The broken relationships. Yeah, broken relationships. And Mm -hmm. yet God is still with us through those experiences. Like God Mm -hmm. is never leaves us. And, And I'm sure by this time in the story, Joseph is is uh he is traumatized he doesn't understand it yeah. and at the end of the story mm-hmm. we find that joseph has an answer where when he says what you uh what you desired mm-hmm. for evil god made it for good god turned for so, good yeah that's good so what we see is that god is the one consistently there for his people mm-hmm. when we expect mm-hmm. our family to be there but that's not always the case yeah no that's good bro um that's powerful. That's powerful stuff, right? Um, I, I think it's, it's interesting that that beautiful part where you're saying God is with us in our mess, right? Uh, sometimes it's not freeing us from our mess, it's, you know, but it's in the mess that God is with us and we can find that grit, resilience, whatever you might call it, the courage, boldness. Um, and what's crazy about Joseph, right, as we quickly ra- recap just the rest of this here, he's at Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife likes him day after day tries to get him to come to sleep with me you know this is like the set you know it's like yo at this point God, joseph what do you have to lose right you've lost everything um and he's like but now how could i do that not against potiphar he says but how can i do that against my god oh, yeah. right how could i do that to god right he has a, a man of principles of morals where many times right when you see people do bad things they say hey this is i'm just a product i'm a byproduct of my situation and circumstance but we see here that that's not an excuse right there is always ability to grow ability to change, ability to be different. You don't have to do what was done before, right? You can with the help of God and, and other sources, resources. But things are looking good. All of a sudden, she accuses him because he doesn't want to uh, have sex with her and sleep with her. He accuses her, him of trying to force himself upon her. And now, after losing everything and gaining a little bit, he loses it all again. Yep. And goes to the ground level, is thrown into the prison, 
Potiphar is really upset. Should have killed him. I think yeah. Potiphar understood that maybe his wife was kind of shady and that Joseph was a moral guy. And so throws him in the king's prison, which, again, he could have thrown him in a random, you know, casted him out of Egypt, sent him to a random place they had conquered and said, hey, you're going to live the rest of your lives in this dungeon. But he's at the king's prison. Again, God's hand leading that. And I think of like immigrant families that have given so much and lost so much to come that then have situations where they end up losing again. Right? It's just like this crazy like, God, when will this end? Yep. Right. Yeah, Until when it's a cycle. Right. And that's where you keep like, oh, man, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Right. We've lost everything and now we lose everything again. But even in prison. Um, what's it called? Even in prison. God, we're told in verse 21 that the Lord was with Joseph in his prison and showed him his faithful love, which is that word has said, that loyal love, that unfailing love, right? So even in prison, Joseph has this connection with God that no matter what's going on, he's not blaming God. He's just saying, hey, God, this is just how life is, I guess. And God is with them, causes everything he does to succeed, and he continues to go up in rank. Long story short, he interprets more dreams, right? Uh, for two men that were there, one that was going to get killed and the other one that was going to be restored to his position. He says, hey, please, don't forget me. Go tell Pharaoh about me. And uh, long story short, Pharaoh has dreams. Nobody can interpret it. The guy remembers there's a guy in prison that can remember and interpret dreams. It's like everything comes full circle, right? That's when you begin to see your life like, oh, yep. I see. He becomes second in command out of all of Egypt, right? Same position as Potiphar, similar to what was happening at home with Jacob, right? Uh, second in command at home with Potiphar, now in all of Egypt, but now he can handle that, right? I think yep. that's a lesson on authority, right? Oh, for sure. A lot of people, when they're given authority or power or, or some structural hierarchy, if they haven't been taught or trained or don't know what it's like to be in the bottom, they will misuse their authority. But here, Jacob, Joseph knows how to handle and how to use it. And he's made ruler of Egypt, prepares Egypt to go through a famine that's going to be seven years of plenty and then seven years of nothing. And now the whole known world at that time goes through a famine. But Egypt, because of Joseph's wisdom and astuteness and his training and what he's done, is able to manage well, so much so that even Pharaoh's like, look, you, you run the whole thing. And that's where we're cycled back in, where we're taking to Joseph. If you, I don't know if you want to take us to what happened in Jacob's family at this time with the brothers during the famine yeah or if you had another no, no, for sure when the brothers come the brothers come with a sense of of need so mm. egypt has a sense of they don't need food they want food so right. then they have food but the nearby uh, groups out in the desert need food so we find that sometimes when people are unhealthy they will take your need they will notice your need and try to abuse the fact that you need something for their own gain. So we find that Joseph doesn't react in that from that vantage point. So the brothers go in in chapter 42, the brothers go and they they go and they ask for food and they are given food, but on but what we find in verse 12 is that the the brothers are explaining to them that we're we don't have food and 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 so mm -hmm. forth and Joseph mm -hmm. this is where it's really interesting to see how Joseph conducts himself because Joseph could have easily said like yeah give him food let them out or he could have said no 
but he kind of plays mm-hmm. with them like a cat yeah. playing with a mouse. I don't know if you've like ever a seen trial, that. like a trial yeah. period or test. Right, yeah. right, right. Like J- yeah. Joseph mm-hmm. says in verse 14, you are spies. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and he puts them in this place of compromise. So, so we find that when you backtrack and see the life of the brothers, the brothers were actually weren't doing like the brothers their character was shown in how they treated Joseph and his vulnerability by being away from the family. Now Joseph mm-hmm. in the same thing, people have traveled he they've traveled um a, a a great distance to make it to Egypt and now Joseph is going to make them feel pressure but without hurting them, without abusing them. I, mm-hmm. I would say that because I think they I think there is some type of pain that the family uh received because we find in verse 30 in 26 that they load up their donkeys with grain and departed and one is about to open their sack and they notice that there's money in there and then the text says <laughs> it's that game yeah that game he's playing he's like oh yep. my goodness what's go- what is god and for them it's that guilt right everything bad that happens i think after joseph leaves they're thinking this is god punishing yes. us for what we did right it's this guilt that's like Oh man, oh man. And that's what's crazy, right? That guilt plagues them. Oh, but, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And and through this experience, then Joseph is able to say like you guys are stealing, you guys are blah blah blah, and um we 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 are wanting like Joseph says, I want something from. And what we find interesting and this is just coming to my mind. Mm-hmm. Joseph was taken to disrupt the family, right? Now, in this position, Joseph is using the family to bring them back together. So Joseph is, is saying, all right, you guys got caught stealing something. You're going to have to bring your, uh, my brother and, you know, well, you're going to have to bring Benjamin back or someone back to verify your story, to corroborate your story. And the brothers are just like, why is this happening? Mm. You know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. But we find that Joseph's uh, ultimate uh, motive is to bring the family back together when the brother's motive was to separate the family from mm. its unity. And mm. what we see is that godly people want to bring reconciliation. And disruption without reconciliation is not from God. Yeah, yeah. That's good, bro. I think here in just, you know, seeing the life of Joseph, he at the end, he says that beautiful line, hey, um, even after their dad died, right, they're still not, you know, they end up bringing, you know, they come. Joseph shows himself to his brothers. He's like, hey, bring dad. Everyone move here. I'm yep. going to give you land. Yep. And it's just like a fulfillment of that dream, right, of like, hey, at the, the dream, you know, talking about the dream at the wrong time with the wrong there context without... It can be it can be messy. It's like, well, what does that mean? But at the end, it's like, oh, that makes sense. It wasn't because you wanted to be greater. It's because of what happened. You became in this position, and then you helped us. And so, in the right context, the dream makes beautiful sense. They come here, Joseph. Uh, I J- Jacob dies, and so they're still worried that maybe they he didn't kill them or get revenge until because dad was alive, right? And then he throw, you know, he says, look, no. I told you, and I'm telling you, what you intended for evil, God turned it for good, right? So he said, look, you have land here, stay here. Um, so it's beautiful, right? You can see just this maturity in Joseph that is not seen in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? That Joseph, 
I think, uh, you know, not just not a maturity necessarily, but just like a, a processing. Yeah. That, that with kid. that idea of processing, could it be that when he was in the jail for however many mm-hmm. years, he processed the grief yeah. and the pain that he went through? So we yeah. all have to process our own trauma in order to get out of it. And mm-hmm. therefore, you can't just ignore it. It'll still show itself right. in a different yeah. way. Yeah. No, 100%. I, I, I wrote here, it's the idea that, you know, when you say that time heals wo- all wounds, um, I just think it, 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 time heals when you're intentional, right? Because um, it can either, if you're not intentional about processing and working through the painful situations that you've been through or have you experienced, right? You become calloused, right? Yep. And so you, 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 or you just, you know, you just regurgitate what you saw and you keep hurting other people because you were hurt, right? Yep. It's kind of like, uh, all that. Now, if you're able to be intentional, right? And I think Joseph didn't justify what his brothers did. He maybe understood, hey, I was maybe a little bratty, but hey, it's a difficult situation. I don't blame my brothers. They were hurting. Yeah. Hurt people, hurt people. So I think there's a period of understanding that we have to go through where you understand the condition of the world. You understand the condition of people. I tell the youth at church, hey, look, your parents are doing the best job that they can with what they know. Mm-hmm. Now, in your eyes, later on, you'll look back and say that was the worst job they did. But hey, the understanding part is not me saying I excuse everything and all the hurt that I experienced and trauma. Yep. I excuse. No, no, you're not excusing it. You're just saying I understand that hurt people hurt people and they didn't know everything. They're not perfect. So it helps me to understand maybe the motives. Maybe you do have maybe there are people that are intent, you know, and there are intentionally evil, malice people malicious people um but in these situations understanding a little bit not to justify but just to give some processing through your life and it's interesting right wrote here to joseph sold at about 17 years old he becomes second of command around 30 years old right around our age can you imagine that over all of the land there's seven years of plenty brings him about 37 years old and then there's two years of lack when their their brothers come to get food so about it's about 22 years later 22 years later that he's reunited with his brothers that first time, you know, and that's the question, right? What would happen if you're reunited with that person or the individuals or the family that hurt you so much? How would you, have you processed enough and well enough to not react as they would have, but react in a way of that where now Joseph says, I want to bless them even though they hurt me. And that's, that's only something that God can give us, right? Uh, uh, The ability where Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, right? Bless those who curse you, do good to those who harm you, pray for those who spitefully use you in person. Like that is not natural to it's us. Not. And no amount of like self, you know, it's just I got that. It's it's really just the power of God that helps you to to see the world in a different way, to see others in a different way. And when you focus on God and what he experienced, what Jesus experienced, and yet was still able to love even from the cross, saying, Hey, forgive them. They don't know what you're doing. It's like, what do you mean? They crucified you. Like they're they're shouting, crucify you. And so Jesus still is able to forgive, not excuse it, but, you know, in an understanding way, say they don't understand what's happening. And that's powerful to see at the age of 38, 39, Joseph is able to boldly say, hey, you're my brothers. And yeah, this is a painful, painful job, a painful time. But I know you suffered too because you were guilty Mm -hmm. and you've lived with that guilt. And now we can both find healing not just in me releasing you from what you did to me, but in also you releasing yourselves from what you did. And I think that's what the Bible and the gospel does, right? This, this idea of reconciliation. Edgar, any, any last thoughts here on, yeah, on Joseph? W- what I encounter is that, that Joseph 
grew out of the pain that he did experience. And I think that whether you've you've felt pain, if you've been wronged, um, either intentionally or not intentionally, um, my, our desire as as people is to grow uh, through the pain, not out of the mm-hmm. pain, but through the pain. And that's what we say in the in the story of Joseph that. By God's grace, he was able to grow through it, and it was a blessing to the people around him. It wasn't favoritism that brought all the honor to Joseph, but rather uh, his faithfulness that brought the family together. No, that's good, man. Um, And so, yeah, we've seen grief in different facets throughout this journey, um, from losing children um, to losing positions, to losing ranks, to to losing birthrights, to losing, you know, parent. You know, we've seen a lot of of grief in different facets, and it's interesting because we're all in some point grieving something, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's important. What one of the things that we the key takeaways that we see, especially I like ending in Joseph here, is that we see a, a man that from a boy and through his life was able to process well, journey with God, and and find some sort of healing. Um, that when he was faced with the very ones that hurt him, he was able to bless them as a, as opposed to put them to death, right? Um, so that's our desire, like Edgar said, that you may that we may be able to grieve that, that we may be able to grieve and process well, and that may look differently for different people. It may be counseling, therapy, talking to others, you know, taking time away, um, working through this, whatever it is, right? Um, but finding some sort of resolution and processing um, with the ultimate understanding that God will make all things right right and uh, I think that idea of like it's vengeance is God's it takes the pressure away from us yeah. and saying God you're going to take care of it the best way you do and I trust you and that's a that's a very vulnerable place to be in to say I'm going to relinquish control and say God you take control you will make right the things that made wrong to me um, and so hopefully that is something we can say that just like Joseph said, what this world, what the devil, what others intended for evil in our lives, what others brought evil to our lives, God can turn that for our good and for the good of those around us. So hopefully you were blessed in this, in this journey. If you were, be sure to comment uh, and share, DM us anywhere, and, and we'd love to dialogue further. But we'll be back with more episodes, a new season, and we're excited. Thank you so much, y'all. We'll talk. Bye-bye.